Every day we hoistle in at Pilots and Pictards Podcast. Welcome to the Pilots and Petards Podcast. This is Drew. I'm the pragmatic and bleeding heart cyclops of this podcast, and I'm back. And I'm Jimbo, the anti-millennial, non-conforming, existentialist, pilot critic, and Kenya the podcast. Sorry, hoisters, but the motherfucking magical Miss Mo, master of pilots, nobos, and spoilers, is out one more week. She has confirmed coming back next week. She's coming back. Here we go, Mo. And this is the podcast with nothing much to do about aircrafts, but potentially everything to do with the first episode of a filmic series. Disclaimer, petard is a word. It is a real word. And petards are bombs. You know, look it up. Read your Shakespeare. Enrich yourself. Pilots and petards is a proud member of the But Why Though podcast community. And Jimbo, we are not alone tonight. So um, if our guest wants to introduce themselves, we're very lucky to have him. Hey, uh, longtime friend of Jim. What do they call Jimbo. you now? Jimbo. Jimbo. Okay. See, we're such good friends. I don't even know what he goes by these days. I have my, you know, my podcast identity. Your gnome de plume is what it's called. A gnome de plume. Yeah. What's up, guys? Honored to be here. Big fan. I thought this show was about planes. I thought like Jim was doing a podcast. Jimbo was doing a podcast about planes. That's because you didn't listen. I know, well, then I listened and I realized it had nothing to do. I thought you were doing like a show about vintage aircraft or like you turned into a plane nerd or something, but I tur- it turned out to be about TV shows. So it's awesome. Let's go. It's, it's a complex metaphor. There, there is a lot about planes if you think about it. Yes. And, and we would like to thank today's sponsor, the Biden Foundation, for this ad-free listening. We are planning to have the second lady, Jill Biden, on our show within the next year. So we are going to let them sponsor our show. So listeners, go out there, donate some of your time and energy to the Biden Foundation. They are advocating for education, quality and education through policy. We'll get you, Jill Biden. You're going to be on this show. Are you really going to get Jill Biden? Is that a real thing? I mean, I have I haven't talked to her yet, but I have a Jill Biden story I can tell. You should I save it? I'll save it. Shop talk. Okay, so stay tuned for Sebastian's Jill Biden story. So we we you know we are we already have our inside connection. I know we're getting steps closer. All right, one more thing before we start. Um, here's a real quick fuck you to Crooked Media for your crooked piece of shit ads. But you know what? If you like Crooked Media and all that stuff, you are allowed to like that. But here's another fuck you, and it's a fuck you for Bill Maher. Bill Maher, please feel free to continue thrashing about the pop culture tar pit like the old cranky dinosaur you are. Remember that the harder you struggle, the faster that you will fade into irrelevancy, and we would all be better off if you just surrendered to fate and stayed in your Friday night HBO lane, but even then, it's a bit much. So feel free to fade even faster, but please please do so more quietly. If you would like to contact us to sponsor a show, that's totally doable, or if you want us to slander a rival, we're very comfortable doing that for money. Yes, and as always, if you enjoyed today's episode, then you owe us for this ad-free listening. We could stack never-ending ads, and we could create some sob story about why we need your money, but we don't. So repay your debt by telling someone else about our podcast, listen to more episodes, or give us some constructive feedback. And Hoisters, we have we have a new experiment we are going to run. We are going to separate our episodes into two episodes. So part one will be spoiler-free. You can decide whether you want to watch this. Part two will be a separate episode on a separate day that will continue the discussion. Give you a chance to watch the show. Yep. You'll have some time to watch. And then in the future, we will not be doing full discussions for a lot of the pilots that we cast judgment on. Especially they get hoisted. Okay. 
So uh, join us today as we cast Judgment Determined. It's a dark, dark assassination comedy. Barry will be hoisted or not hoisted. That is the question. So, gentlemen, let's jump in with our background on this HBO uh, comedy. And you can't see me, but I'm using air quotes. This this was re- recommended by our faithful listener, Cure. When I started watching it, I didn't even read anything about it. I, I saw Bill Hader had a gun on, on the cover, so I, I was not sure what I was getting into. So I was intrigued from the minute I saw this preview popped up. It looked like another good, you know, classic HBO show. The thing that, that stood out to me is like, this seems like such a narrow focus, like hitman turned improv actor. How are you going to keep this up for an entire series? It's like kind of, haha, it's funny. It's a funny concept, but how do you sustain this? So I was curious and definitely excited to give it a chance and see how it did. I don't know what you guys thought. Well, we will get to that for sure. Is my sister, who had previously been a guest on the show and is a former Pitar trivia champion, undefeated, uh, recommended the show, and I'm kind of bullheaded, so I didn't watch it until now. I have a few other things f- ju- just for background on on the show in general. Bill Hader is one one of the creators. The other creator is Alec Berg, and they have the same agent. So the agent kind of set them up um, like a hail mary. Hopefully, they they can do something together. And their product was this show, Barry. And it kind of they just kind of stumbled on it. I guess I guess Bill Hader had said, "Hey, we should do a series about an assassin." And I guess Alec Berg was like, "No, I hate that idea. I hate there's too many assassin shows." And 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 hey, Hader was like, "No, I mean like it's gonna be like me playing the the assassin." And so they just kind of ran with it. And then also to kind of a slight spoiler, Bill Bill Hader's character on on the show is also somewhat based off of him because he has talked about how he struggled really bad with with anxiety during his time on SNL. So he is at least an actor that that has some type of uh, related relatability with the the character he's playing as far as mental health and mental Ill- illnesses. So that's, I think, some interesting background to add. So Jimbo, why don't you hit us with that two sentence summary? Barry is a hitman suffering from anxiety and depression. He finds his purpose in life when he accidentally joins an acting class. Will Barry be able to transition from hitman to actor? Stay tuned to find out if you should give a steaming pile of crap. So, Whistlers, we're in part one. Um, This is the spoiler-free section. This is highs, lows, in-betweens, evaluation of the quality of the pilot, and this will be the only section that we discuss in this mini-episode. So, Sebastian, you're the guest. You got a high point, a low point. What do you want to start with? The high point for me is uh, how do you get a, a, a train killer into an improv class? It seems like the hardest writing, you know, how do you write yourself out of that corner, right? You get this hardened war vet and get him into an improv class. And they use that trick that you see in so many movies where like the guy that doesn't speak English wanders into a hospital and just because he can't communicate, he just gets like rushed into the surgery room because they're like, doctor, good to see you. You're late. And he's trying to explain that he's not the doctor. And then all of a sudden he's in this situation and over his head. It seems like a pretty common trope that you see. You guys know what I'm talking about? And I, and I feel like that's what they used to get him into that improv class that the way they got him in was he just didn't say anything. And they're like, oh, thank God you're here. Come on in. I need a stage partner. And it seemed kind of like forced and cheesy. Was that was I supposed to give my high point or my low point? That's fine. That's fine. That that's my observation. It seems like a a big challenge that they put ahead of themselves of how do you sustain this for sixty minutes over the course of a series? 
Drew, can we lab- label that? I mean, I think I think the trope that you're talking about is like commonly called a fish out of water. There we go. Yeah, I see what you're saying with that one because you're right. It's it's a trope. It's well trod. It's it's known. We don't we don't shy away from cliches on this show because sometimes they work. Actually, a lot of times they work. That's why they're cliches. It's an interesting way to juxtapose two different worlds. I think that's a high point you're putting out there, Sebastian. You know, like you're saying that it worked. If it hadn't worked, it would have been a low point. But what it sounds like you're saying is that you bought it. Is that true? I think that they found a somewhat clever way to get this fish out of water into the scene that they needed to get him into. My question is, how do you sustain this? Let's let's get to that in part two. But I agree. I think the writing and the situational humor and the acting and the characters is what really helps that fish out of the water make sense in this world. because. I didn't even really think about that. And I've and I've definitely criticized other pilots for having convenient storytelling. And Drew and I have kind of gone away from that term because we feel like it's kind of a cop out. There was some huge convenient storytelling in this pilot. But for me, I, I didn't even really notice because I kind of bought in with every, with everything else that was going on. One of my high points that I kind of hear you guys talking about, not only in the writing was there's this kind of idea of like what I kind of call hyper realism. Nothing was too fantastic not to be real but everything was just a little bit exaggerated. So everything was a little bit tongue in cheek. I think it added to the humor. I think it added to keeping us, the audience, a little bit off balance. Like I was kind of like, this is a little bit kooky and I'm cool with that. There's two different worlds as we've kind of talked about. The music transitions in this pilot were excellent. They completely transitioned the mood so well between both of the the hyper-realism, the hyper-realism between like Hitman world and the hyper-realism between like Bill Hader comedy scenes in it. So if any listeners haven't watched it yet, pay attention to that music. The music is really good. You know how you know it was really good? Because I didn't notice at all. And I feel, I feel like that's a sign that it was executed. Like you remember uh, the first time you saw No Country for Old Men? You guys probably noticed right away. But then after the movie, somebody had to tell you, like, you know there wasn't any music in that entire movie until the credits. And if you watch it, you're like, whoa. Because they did such a good job of carrying you through the movie, you didn't even tell. You couldn't even tell there was no music supporting it. I did not notice the music on, on my first watching. I noticed the music on my second watching. There you go. Well, how about how about a more definite low point, Sebastian? What, what didn't click? I, can't, I feel like I can't do it without giving spoilers, right? If you can talk about it stylistically as opposed to, like, plot-based. The antagonist immediately developing a friendship with the, with the, with the main character, you know, it, it seemed forced and it seemed like a little silly to me. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I'm, I can't talk without giving it away. Maybe Jimbo, Jimbo can explain it better. No, that's good. I see what you're saying. As Jimbo said, some things were a little bit convenient. Some things were a little bit maybe too convenient. I don't know. The conventions of storytelling worked against this show in some ways. What do you think, Jimbo? I would kind of disagree with you guys. I think they worked very well. But if we if we want to talk about maybe a low point, I, I found especially on, on my first watching, the uh, protagonist is not a character that I can really relate with. I almost thought he was fake or maybe misplaced in this world. I can talk a little bit more about that in part two. I didn't quite change my opinion on my second watching. I can I can agree with you, Jimbo, because, you know, there are definitely tonal shifts. And the thing is, the only constant between the different tones was Barry. So he's he's carrying 
the biggest weight, like the biggest load of the show. The show is called Barry. So um, if you didn't believe him as a protagonist or if you didn't believe him as a character, that's a problem. That is a low point. I'm a little bit with you. I kind of bought the mental health issues of his character a little bit more. Like I think that might have been a stronger performance. But if you didn't necessarily believe him scene to scene, transition to transition, then that is an issue. Um, I can get behind that. Let's do one more low. I have this thing, and it's kind of in movies as well as shows, but shows about show business tend to be very self-indulgent and tend to be like very like, quote unquote, inside baseball, you know, like a little with a little bit of a wink and a nudge. And a lot of the scenes among the actors where they were just all being terrible people and they were all being terrible stereotypes, but like they were like kind of like looking at the camera being like, oh my gosh, I'm an actor playing an actor being a terrible actor. Like, this is so funny. Like... That's amusing to me up to a point, but I find that like movies that deal with show business or the media in general tend to take a victory lap or tend to take themselves either too seriously or are a little bit too self-indulgent. And this show to me was very similar. Um, It was over the top in places. And then also it went beyond charming to a little bit more like, I get it. Come on, keep it moving. Like, I get it. You're all terrible people. I don't know. What did you guys think of the tone of this show business and the show. I actually liked it, man. I thought it was funny. I really liked that stuff though. I loved this is the end. And this is the end was just totally, I think you would probably find self in. No, I like, I like this is the end because the thing is it's hard. It's a really hard tightrope to walk. Like having a show business show about show business or a comedy show about comedy. Like that's hard. Like revealing the dark underbelly sometimes spoils it, but also if you're not into it, if it's not your thing, if you don't care about it, then it just ends up kind of being boring. And then even if you do care about it, sometimes you're like, that's annoying. So it's tough. I, I do like this is the end. I thought that was very funny. I definitely agree. I think that that movies about show business can be so gross and self-indulgent and like making jokes to make other industry people laugh. Um, but I think the one thing that this show did is they they decided to make all the characters cartoonish kind of and over the top so like the the wannabe actors are cartoonish the the acting teacher is like the classic la failure who came back to teach improv and wrote a book on on teaching acting and even like the mobsters are like cartoonish mobsters Mm -hmm. it seems like they're not dipping in and out of that cartoonish world they made the decision to make every character every storyline over the top i agree and i think on that note this is a perfect transition into watch or rewatch. So, Hoisters, are we going to continue with this series? And I have already watched the whole thing in less than 30 <laughs> hours. Or how do you feel about that, Jimbo? Good? Feel good? I don't watch shows that I don't enjoy, so I'll say that. So you, you burned through the whole season? Yeah, I watched three or four episodes the first night, and I watched the others. Is it ten? Ten episodes? It's eight. I watched all eight in two nights within 30 hours. Good. 13 episodes is too many. Did you already look up when season two is coming out? I did not, but they do have a season two. I don't know how you sustain this for multiple seasons. I just don't know how you do it. I mean, like, I remember the show Weeds, which was like housewife sells pot to, to make money after a divorce. And it's like, okay, that's an interesting premise. But then by like season three, you're like, oh, my God, we get it, you know? And they're they're having to like extend the branch the the, the branch of the story out and like I I don't know how you you sustain 
Hitman wants to become an actor more than one season, two seasons without this thing just like running its course and like we get it. It's inevitable. Like I would say you could say that same thing for any series, but are you going to watch episode two within the next week? I will watch two, maybe three, but I don't think I'll watch four. I think you will. Give me episode three, man. If you can watch episode three and give up, I I would be very interested. I will watch episode three and I'll call back with a report. You want that? Yes. Um, I have had many an opportunity to watch episode two since I watched it the other night. I have not. I'm on paternity leave. I'm at home. I'm hanging out with the kid a bunch. I'm not getting a ton of sleep and I have not watched episode two. I've watched a lot of Bob's Burgers. I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to watch this. We'll <laughs> That's see. fine. You should, dude. The series gets way better than the pilot. I'll, I'll just say that. <laughs> all right, horses. And now we're going to move on. This is the moment we've all been waiting for. To hoist or not to hoist, that is the question for any new listeners. To hoist means it is a bad pilot. To not hoist means it is a good pilot. This is a good pilot. Good good enough pilot. I am not hoisting it. Uh, Agreed. Um, I might come back and watch episode two later, but I can. This pilot accomplishes everything you want a pilot to accomplish. And it's cute. You know, so um, I think this is a good investment on HBO's part. And Bill Hader is talented, so I'm glad he has something that people like him in. He also directed this. He works for South Park, too. He's a writer there. Yeah, he's been a writer for South Park for a while. Sebastian, are you going to hoist or not hoist? Yeah, not hoist. I, I mean, I it, I feel like if it was good enough to get me to, to like reluctantly admit to watching episode two, it deserves a, a not hoist. That's the purpose of the pilot, though, right? Is to stir up just just enough interest to be like, all right, what's coming up next? I like to talk about, I think there's three jobs a pilot does. You're right. I think one job of the pilot is to get you to watch the second episode. I haven't talked about this in forever, so now I'm kind of a little foggy on it. But like, I think the first thing is like establishing this world, you know, and then like you like looking at the world, having it be believable characters, and then you establish a premise, you know, like, what is the deal with this show? How can I describe it in an elevator pitch? And then the last thing is, yeah, well, I watched the second episode. When you look at those three jobs, and especially a show like this one, which is like 28 minutes, that's like a tall order. Like, a good pilot is hard to find. And I've evolved to, if I would finish watching the show, if I didn't have to talk about it for the podcast, then that's that's a not hoist. And so I I host I hoist most of the pilots because I would not finish watching most of them. Well, the problem is there's so much good TV out there right now. It's like, why am I going to sit through? Exactly. I mean, it's so hard to like be a content creator when you're competing against so much. But to get somebody to watch your whole 28 minutes is a success, obviously. If only there were a podcast which would tell you which shows are promising and which ones aren't. There you go. <laughs> little little ad within the show you're already listening to. We are going to move to the Put It Anywhere Guys quest for the best and worst pilot ever. This is our live ranking of all the episodes that we have that we have reviewed so far. It's on our website. 57. 57. I think there's actually, I probably didn't add the last one. There's probably 58. 58 pilots. We, we are going to place the pilot episode for Barry, Make Your Mark, into our running list. And I'm thinking it should be Killing Evish. I, I don't really like that because there's really good stuff around that. Because, like, Killing Eve is our number 11. Marvelous Miss Maisel is number 12. I do not think that Barry was nearly as good as Marvelous Miss Maisel. Then you run into, like, the My Name is Earl, X-Men, and Wonder Years block. 
I could I can negotiate with Wonder Years, but then like this close is after it, and this close is good. Like this close is more where I was looking because both of those shows strike me as like very interesting premises with very strong performances from its leads, but also with some distracting uh, shortcomings. Okay, but it definitely has to go above Rick and Morty. Yeah, Rick and Morty's pilot is not as strong as this. All right, let's do that. Okay, cool. Just for, you know, for anyone out there that really cares, I personally enjoyed this pilot a lot more than Killing Eve. Um, interesting. Killing Eve was such a good pilot. Just just pilot talk. Uh, you know, it, it's a great show, actually. You should watch it, Drew. I watched the first three episodes, and then this weird thing happened with the AMC app. So we have the new 17. All right, Hoisters. So... Join us in a couple days for the extended conversation. We are going to dive into part two, and we are going to talk about spoilers. We're going to talk about our Crab Man, our MVP, dangling threads. Sebastian Robertson is going to be with us. Yeah. We would like to thank Jake Drew for our intro and outro music. You can contact him, and he can mix you some intro or outro music. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and or our Facebook group. And as always, you need to follow our blog so you can participate in the pre-recording discussions. And as I mentioned, we are trying a new experiment over the next few weeks with a new format. Let us know what you think so we can fine-tune and constantly improve the podcast. Every day we hoistlin', Jimbo out. Every day we hoistlin', Drew out. Ding. Oh, wait, what am I supposed to do? Every day we hoistling, Sebastian out. <laughs>